Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad that you are here to join with me today for a nice easing into the morning with mm, Hostess Cupcakes Cappuccino Mix. <coughs> Just the right thing from the throat this morning. <laughs> goodness got something stuck sideways there somehow but anyway it is a friday and you know how much i love fridays i love them love them gives me the open weekend to do whatever it is that we're gonna try to accomplish and uh so it is the 31st of july we are knocking on the back door as we leave and we move into august and uh it's been a weird summer. It's definitely been a weird summer, and July is usually a hot month, and it's been hot, and it's usually dry, and and it's we've had a little bit more moisture than than normal, but uh, we definitely got a a, a slap with some rain yesterday. <clears throat> I was uh, looking on Farm Logs, which is a uh, uh, an app that farmers use and you can identify specific fields and then based on Doppler radar uh, they can pretty accurately uh, they claim down to the hundredths of an inch determine how much hits different fields so sitting here at the farmstead we had three and three quarter inches yesterday so needless to say, the pond has got water flowing out of the spillway. The goats are going to get their feet wet over there, so they're probably going to complain and whine about it. Um, but the funny thing is, we're sitting out here on the deck, and the chairs were dry. There was no dew, and it's a nice... I don't know what temperature it is, but it is... It's nice and comfortable. It's not humid. It's like... It's like good. <laughs> but uh, I am joined out here today by a special guest, and it is uh, my son Aaron, who is on a little adventure right now. Say hi to everybody, Aaron. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> He's listening to my radio announcer voice, so he does his own. <laughs> So, uh, no, he's, he's uh, swung by on a little adventure. Uh, why don't you tell him a little bit about what you've been up to here uh, in the past uh, few days? So, on Monday, whenever I got off of work, me and my girlfriend, we uh, piled into my uh, very well-loved 87 Dodge Ram that I have turned the extended covered bed into a bit of a stealth camper. And we drove up to Pharaoh Campground at the Garden of the Gods. And we hung out there all of Tuesday and Wednesday morning. <clears throat> and then on Wednesday, we drove over to Carbondale to meet up with a good friend of mine. And we went to Giant City State Park and hiked around in Little Grand Canyon, which if you are in that area and are up for one heck of a hike, it's not long. But it is technical going up and down draws into the canyon where there is only rock and barely a trail. But it is beautiful and very unique. And then after that, Ava, she very much uh, said, and I agreed with her, uh, that now we got a hotel room so that she could get a shower. <laughs> and uh, so then we uh, 
had a great evening. Chris came over to the hotel room. I got a bigger one. And uh, we all hung out there, watched some movies, got some pizza, and had a great time. And then uh, he left some stuff with me, and I took it on up here to Effingham and dropped it off at his house. And we tooled around the area all day, as yesterday was her birthday. And I was distracting her all day from her birthday surprise, in which we went out on Lake Sarah with some Niemerg's fried chicken. And have a great evening before it got too dark, before all the weather hit again. <laughs> and yes, it did hit. Uh, the, uh, uh, the roads were quite a challenge up here. Uh, they were all uh, good and flooded. And uh, when my wife Dawn was trying to come home, uh, she was meeting uh, water across the roads pretty significantly and had to backtrack, try a different way. That wasn't working, had to backtrack and eventually made it back. Did you have any problem with the water coming back? So, uh, so you told me yesterday that I needed to go on up about two miles north of the farm, come across and drop down from the north. And so we did that, and right before Kingman, Illinois, there was still water across the road. And that one I know was hitting my running boards. Oh, goodness. Really? Mm, I heard it. Now, thankfully, I got good ground clearance in that thing, and it was only for about 30 feet. But it, my truck made us noise that I had never heard before whenever I hit that. <laughs> so I looked out, and then, yeah, it was very much hitting the running boards. Oh, gosh. But, uh... You got to be careful in that truck. I was warned not to take it through much high water because the air intake is really low on that thing. And the air intake cools the 1987 car computer Gen 1 Ram. And you can't find those anymore. And it will fry it if you run through water. Well, don't put a snorkel on the truck and think you can cross rivers. So, so you've had quite a little adventure here. And that's pretty good. And no adventure would we complete without car issues, and i got to fix the windshield wiper today. <laughs> yeah, which one is it that went out? Both. It's one motor that runs both of them with a linkage. So you were driving yesterday with rain and no windshield wipers? Only half the day. And <laughs> I had Windexed it before, whenever I couldn't find proper windshield wipers to replace them. Windex or wind... Um, or, uh, not Windex, um... Rain-X. Rain-X. <clears throat> and actually, I only had time to do <clears throat> half of it, so Ava couldn't see, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so anyway, I see you're wearing your National Park shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's what's been happening in your world working with the National Park Service at Mammoth Cave? Well, I've been at Mammoth Cave for a few years now. Interestingly enough, this year... Um, one of the uh, supervisors said, Aaron, you've been here for a few years now. You're an old-timer now. <laughs> so um, at 23 years old, I'm an old-timer. <laughs> um, now, you had one friend down there who was a very old-timer who helped you with a car when it broke down and mm -hmm, yeah, took you for car. Is he still he working there? He is the person who is, well, except for the permanence, he's the oldest currently working seasonal. Same as Jerry Bransford. He is a fifth-generation guide at Mammoth Cave, a descendant of one of the enslaved African-American guides from 1839. And their family has continued leading tours all throughout those decades. There was a 
short, there was a stint when the National Park Service took over in which they told all of them to go home, and Jerry was the first to come back, but he's still maintaining that lineage. That's pretty cool. How old is he now, Jerry? 73, I think. 74, something like that. And still hikes the cave doing tours. Oh, he can beat me sometimes on good days. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, the park is definitely uh, interesting. Uh, We are running the Extended Historic Self-Guided Tour. It is basically a two-mile-long tour, 130 stairs, no bathrooms in which you walk through the very large open historic sections of the cave. And um, it allows for proper social distancing and making sure that both visitors and staff are safe. And uh, it's $18 a ticket. And I think with your interagency pass, you can get that down to like half off or something like that. But I don't work in tickets, so I don't know for sure. Are you getting many people down there? Um, it's been picking up. We're normally, we're selling out all of our tickets by about 1030 every day. And, um, we're letting in about 115 hour, give or take. My math's, my math's correct. It is in the morning, but, and, um, we have to keep that number down because we need to have the ability for people down there to socially distance. So we stagger people going in. We, even when people are having different times so we don't have too many people down at the entrance at the same time we still have them you know wait 30 seconds before the next one goes down so it's a nice steady stream going in the cave and you know then rangers down there help distribute them more others are down there to answer questions still others are you know making sure they don't go down side passageways and get hurt and it takes um you know people think this is you know a great tour and it is but we can only put like 650 some odd people through the cave. And in normal summer, on guided <clears> tours, <throat> we can put over, put over 2,700. Ah, just run them through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're up to. Okay. And, you know, you've been there for a while. What's, what's your favorite part of the cave? On tour route or off tour route? Let's do both. Let's do on-tour route first. Favorite place on-tour route. Uh, It really depends on the day. Um, If I'm doing a day in the historic section, which does not require a bus, I'd have to say Chief City. It's the largest toured passageway, and up until recently, I actually believed it was the largest room in the cave. Turns out there's one that rivals it over in Flint Ridge, but... uh, it's over 2.2 acres in size and uh, huge vaulted ceilings. And it just dwarfs your entire imagination when you step into it. And it's about, eh, give or take, two miles from the entrance of walking. So how big is the rotunda? Now, that's because that's the first room you yeah, walk that's into. What everyone remembers, like, I remember going down in the cave and seeing a big room. That's rotunda. It's a quarter of an acre. It's the, That's it? A quarter of an acre? Seriously? It's the size of the pond. Turn around, look. I, 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 know, the, <laughs> I know the pond. I sit on the porch. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a quarter of an acre. And this other one is how big? 2.2 acres. Wow. That's pretty good size. Mm-hmm. And, and are there any, is that an area that, again, where there's like no features, like what people typically see in caves? Mammoth Cave does not have stalactites and stalagmites. 
they're very rare. There's a layer of sandstone and shale that sits on top of the uh, limestone layers that prevent water from getting in. And if there's no dripping water, there's no formations. Now, the areas where you do have the, the dripstone mm-hmm. tour, that's just a small portion. How far away is that from, like, the 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 main historic entrance? On surface or by cave? <laughs> Let's go with surface if you were, you know, traveling that away. Well, you get on the bus and it is about five miles down the road. Okay. So it's it's good little ways from that. If you were going to hike it to that area underground, how far would that be? He's thinking and doing math with his fingers, I no, believe. I'm tracing He's tracing. Right? Now he has a severely puzzled look on his face. Like eight miles, seven, eight miles. If you take the river and if you have to go through Welcome Avenue, it would bump that up a little bit more. And that would take you about eight, nine hours to walk. Have you ever done that route walking? No. Um, (laughs) Welcome Avenue is the only walking passageway that connects a historic section of cave to that other section we call uh, uh, the new, it's for, connected to the new entrance in Cleveland Avenue, or we take the Grand Avenue, the half day tour through. And uh, Welcome Avenue is a mile and a half, it's about three and a half feet tall. A mile and a half where you're squatting severely? Like that. Oh my god, that was him standing and bending over at the waist for yeah, those of you who are. degrees. <laughs> That would not be a fun one. It's not fun. That's why they call it Welcome Avenue. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so what's your favorite thing that you've seen off uh, the regular tours? Um, <clears throat> I'd have to say, so my favorite thing is uh, in the New Discovery area, a place called Little Paradise. And Little Paradise is an area of gypsum. Now, whenever you go into a cave... What's gypsum? I'm going into it. (laughs) Whenever you go into a cave and you see those formations, those stalactites, stalagmites, columns, draperies, all of those things, they require water. Gypsum cannot have water. It dissolves in water. Actually, Dad, you have a good experience with gypsum. You know it as drywall. Yes. Um, So what happens is in the limestone there are bits of iron pyrite that whenever the water seeps through the limestone, it kind of dissolves the pyrite, and pyrite has sulfur in it. When it combines with the sulfur, it actually creates a (coughs) tiny amount of sulfuric acid. That sulfuric acid, even though it's very weak, combines with the limestone, which is actually a base, and creates calcium sulfate. That calcium sulfate is then dissolved back into the water and pushed through the limestone as the water wicks, evaporates off the cave wall. Sort of like whenever you work outside really hard all day and then it dries out and the wind comes through and you get that white crust of salt on your arm. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It's the salt precipitating off the cave wall. It grows extremely slowly. In some areas, we have a signature from, I believe, 1863, where three ladies came and visited the cave and scratched their names in the gypsum. And we've measured that, and that area in that 150 years 
The gypsum only grew the thickness of your fingernail. Oh, wow. Some areas do grow a little bit faster, especially <laughs> where around uh, metal handrails. It helps with the evaporation. I've seen growth there of about half an inch in 50 years. Okay, so it can put out more, but it's just depending upon the various it's factors. highly dependent. Yeah. But New Discovery is one of the last untouched great gypsum places in Mammoth Cave. Most of the other ones were found in the mid to late 1800s. And every tourist wanted to take some home with them. And they just strip mined the area. Mm. And there's what's left pales in comparison. Uh, there is a uh, journal entry of a visitor from 1839 or 1840 when he visited Mammoth Cave, and they took him through Cleveland Avenue, an area that visitors can see. And they saw the gypsum, you know, looking like celery stalks coming off the cave walls. And he begged them not to show it, for if it, they do, it would befall the same fate as the Great Pensaco, the previous gypsum passageway, which if I had walked down as a new guide, I wouldn't have even known was a gypsum passageway because of how destroyed it was. Mm. Cleveland still got destroyed, but at least there is still gypsum there. And we were going to tour New Discovery. There's a tour halfway built there. The CCC was laying trail. The path, the entrance had been blasted open. And then December 1941. And all those boys went off to fight in World War II. Left their shovels and pickaxes and sledgehammers down there. And they're still down there. And the trail's only halfway done. And it was never finished. And that's what saved New Discovery. And you had a unique opportunity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mo uh, every new guide, uh, we run one or two of these trips to go see it. Um, it's a very highly guarded area because of the gypsum. And it's an area no bigger than our deck here. Maybe only 20 by 30 feet and you're surrounded by this gypsum. And it's coming off the wall in tusks, you know, 18 inches long, two foot long spirals coming off the ceiling, foot and a half wide, you know, flowers flaring out. Two and a half foot wide flowers mm -hmm. of gypsum? Wow. <clears throat> That's probably my favorite place in the cave. Other high, other um, uh, runners up would be the area where I got to survey on a CRF expedition about eight hours deep into the Colossal Cave. And then also on that trip, accidentally taking a wrong turn and ended up looking down from the top of the 200-foot-tall vertical shaft known as Colossal Dome. Ah, you weren't anticipating that? They gave us wrong directions. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you're eight hours into a cave, I would think that would kind of be important well, to have correct. To, we knew how to get out. We didn't know how to get where we needed to go. <sighs> but it was fun. <clears throat> good, good. Glad it was fun. Well, let me see. We could probably keep going for quite a while, but we probably ought to wrap up for today. So uh, if somebody wanted to see Mammoth Cave, well, first, how, how long is Mammoth? 412 miles long as of 2017. And how many miles of passages are available on the tours during a normal year, not during 2020? 
Um, we have about 14 miles, give or take, accessible to the public, but that would require you taking the Wild Cave Tour about four times to get all the different alternate routes. Okay. Um, I think it's... Because you have two, three... Eight miles of walking passageway that we tour. Okay. Most of that is lit. About two and a half of that is not. That's the Violet City Lantern Tour. Ah. So if you had to recommend one of the different tours to somebody who, uh, it would be their first time going to Mammoth Cave, what would it be? There's no way to, like, every tour is so different and every tour offers something so so different from the others just in what geology you see, what history you can learn about. There's over 200 years of history, and we can barely touch on 50 years of that in an allotted tour time. Whenever you get to the park, just go to the front desk and talk with the ranger there. They know what questions to ask to fit you with the perfect tour. If you, uh, Although we would recommend, though, going online and making those reservations ahead of time at recreation.gov, we have descriptions of what every tour does because, you know, we have longer tours, shorter tours, more extreme. You've got a handicap tour also. We have uh, accessible tours as well, yes. Find your tour. Find your park. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the commercial. Okay. So uh, if uh, you want to... Uh, Gosh, I feel like I've I've done an interview for a for a thing here. If you want to, uh, but if you do, if you like caves or, or would like to check out Mammoth, it is pretty amazing. I've been there several times, and it's different because it is mostly a dry cave. Uh, but it's it is it's an amazing thing. So it's down there by Cave City. There's lots of hotels to stay at. There's um, it, it would definitely be a good time. There's so. lots of other local show caves around the area as well. Uh, if you want to see formations and the tours that have them at Mammoth Cave are, uh, um, you know, sold out, visit Diamond Caverns, open since the late 1860s. Lots of beautiful formations. There's Crystal Onyx Cave, only recently reopened, and a lot of their formations haven't been touched or destroyed yet, which was a really unique experience for me. Um, go to Hidden River Cave up in Horse Cave, Kentucky. They have the American Cave Museum where f they were featured on Mysteries at the Museum, that old TV show. As well as they have a wonderful exhibit on how you can restore a cave. Their cave literally at one point could be smelled half a mile away from the entrance because of how much pollutants were going into it. And today there's life down in there. Or head down to Bowling Green and get to go to Lost River Cave, where they're still using the boats that used to be used at Mammoth Cave to lead underwater, underwater boat tours. Or you go to the Corvette Museum and you see the new forming <laughs> cave where they had a, a sinkhole form in the museum. So. Mm -hmm. And they have a whole sinkhole museum there now, in there, you know, talking about it with all the news reports and everything and showing off the cars that would not have been worth it to repair. Over half the body would be replaced. And therefore, apparently, it doesn't count as the same car. Huh. All right. Well, we will wrap up for today. And uh, we're going to just have some father-son time before uh, I have to get to work. So you have a great one. Have a great weekend. And we will catch you Monday for another cup of coffee. Have a good one. Bye-bye.